Welcome to the Kids Are People Too podcast. I'm your host, Salita Williams, wife, mom of three little people, educator by both passion and profession, child advocate, parent consultant, and an enthusiastic supporter of you on your positive parenting journey. If you've ever questioned if your parenting methods are effective, if you've ever wished that you had just a few more tools in your proverbial parenting toolbox, or felt like you needed a slight adjustment to your parenting style, or a major one, no judgment here, then you are definitely in the right place because this podcast was curated just for you. Now, this is not your typical parenting podcast. It's actually probably one of the most unconventional parenting podcasts out there. We are not spending our time talking about how to get your kids to eat their veggies. Here, we are doing much deeper dives. Of course, we're going to talk about how to get these kids together, but we'll do that by discussing the facts that surround child developmental psychology as well as child cognitive development timelines so that we are better able to manage our expectations. We have conversations about how our own temperament, our own personality, and our own past experiences shape our approach to parenting and the significant impact that these things have on the way that our children respond to us. While this podcast has been created with parents in mind, it is not just for parents. This is for any adult that interacts with any little people in any capacity. Even if you don't yet have your own biological children or if you're not yet experiencing any challenges with your children, you can still definitely benefit from having some extra tools in the toolbox that are ready when you need to grab them. So if you are ready to learn, to grow as a person and a parent, or to just be reassured in what you're already doing, then stick around as we jump into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome to episode five of the Kids Are People 2 podcast. Today we are talking about why we need to stop trying to completely control our kids. We'll talk about the effect that we are likely to see later if we allow our temporary ability to control them now shape our parenting style. And we'll talk about how we can modify our approach so that we are leaving space for us to have positive and intentional influence on them in the long run. So let's get into today's episode. So last week, we talked about the difference between compliance and cooperation. In that conversation, I explained that compliance is a following direction. It is abiding by rules without input, regardless of how you feel about it and regardless of what you would rather do instead. Think IRS. You comply with their regulations whether you like it or not and they do not care how you feel about it and they don't ask you for your input. No matter what you're going through, you will be given the same consequences as someone trying to commit fraud if you fail to comply with their standards of operation especially if you've already been given a warning or if you've already had any previous incidents with them. This is compliance, and I'm sure you can see why this style of parenting usually backfires in the long run. 
On the other hand, we have cooperation, which should be the goal and the standard. You get cooperation when everyone involved is willing to work together towards the same end. In this approach, we actually care about each other and value each other's thoughts, feelings, and opinions. In contrast to the IRS example, think small family locally owned financial services business. With them, you may be able to call and make a payment arrangement. You may be able to tell them that you can't pay on time without them trying to take everything you have. At the end of the day, in this example, you both want the same thing. You want to be able to pay and they want you to be able to pay. They may consider your unique circumstance, allow you to set up a payment arrangement, but maybe charge you a late fee as a result of you not honoring the agreement rather than going straight to court to garnish your wages. This is cooperation. It is fair. It is considerate. It is kind. And when it's applied to parenting, this approach is much more likely to result in a loving, healthy, long-term bond. We also talked about how focusing too much on kids being compliant and doing what they're told will usually only have a short-term impact, but focusing on engaging them as an active participant in their own life and in their own upbringing through cooperation will lead to a more lasting effect. So that's a recap of last week. I went back through that because it will tie very closely into today's topic. And as we're talking about control versus influence, you should start to see a lot of parallels between compliance and control, as well as between cooperation and influence. So let's talk about control first. Control is pretty self-explanatory. A controlling parent is a parent that disregards their children's desires pretty often. They dominate every aspect of a child's life or certain aspects of it. They're just overbearing. They find a way to be the one making the final decision in everything that the child does. They dictate how the child should feel about things, how they respond to disappointment, their hobbies, the way they dress, how they act what friends they have, what extracurricular activities they can choose, what college they attend, what jobs they take, everything they possibly can. It's usually not that they don't care about their child's feelings and what they want or don't want. Most often, it's just that they truly believe that their way is the best way for their child. And in some cases, as parents, we're right to think that way and to do what we believe is best despite what our kids want. However, this does not apply to everything. This should apply when safety and health are involved, whether that is physical safety or something that involves the spiritual, emotional, or mental well-being of your child. So let me just give this disclaimer now. In this episode, when I speak of control, I'm speaking of an unbalanced, unhealthy form of control. I'm speaking of the type of control where parents have their hand in literally everything that the child does. 
The child can't choose a book to read without you suggesting which one they should choose. They put their poster on the wall and you're explaining why they need to move it to the other one so it'll look better. They want to do their homework standing up and you demand that they need to sit down. In isolation, these things may not really seem like a big deal and you may not even see a problem. But if this is your consistent style of parenting, each instance just compounds all the others before it and eventually leads to long-term damage. Autonomy and regulation are very critical and necessary components of healthy child development. Autonomy is our freedom to make independent decisions and regulation, specifically self-regulation, depends on our ability to understand our emotions and to understand how our feelings impact our behavior and our reaction to things. When we understand those things, then we're capable of using that knowledge to self-regulate and manage our emotions and our behavior. The problem with controlling parents is that their kids typically don't get enough practice in these areas for healthy and balanced development. So there are two ways that parents try to control their children. Really, there are three, but that third one is not as commonly discussed, but I will talk about it just because I believe it happens pretty often, and I don't think most of us are even really aware of it. So the first way that we as parents try to exhibit control is through behavioral control. And this is when we try to control our kids by finding ways to manage their behavior ourselves. So we do this by using rules, using restrictions and punishments. We do this by taking every opportunity to point out what they're doing wrong and to correct them. These things may seem pretty unproblematic, but remember that we have to allow them to have autonomy so they can practice self-regulation while we're just there to teach, to guide, and to help course correct in a loving and gentle way. Yes, we should notice their behaviors that need to be modified. We should help them understand and recognize it for themselves. And we should work with them to find ways to adapt so they're behaving more appropriately. Yes, they will also need plenty of gentle reminders and maybe some conversations about persisting concerns or the things that we continue to notice after we've already addressed them. But the problem is when we push too hard and when we become so overbearing and so controlling, it makes their experiences way more unpleasant than necessary and it almost makes them check out and it leaves us feeling ineffective because at some point our constructive criticism just begins to feel like criticism to them. So then they shut down. Behavioral control is the category of control that most parents fall into and it's honestly the only one that is even remotely acceptable in my opinion but remember that in all things there must be balance when the behavioral control approach comes from a balanced place and is as considerate to them as possible then there is definitely space for it in our parenting style but it should not dominate our approach we have to balance strict rules with autonomy. 
we have to balance our imposed consequences with those that naturally occur as a result of their actions. We have to balance pointing out their mistakes and correcting them with allowing them to practice self-regulation. Misusing behavioral control can severely limit opportunities for children to develop their ability to be able to even handle autonomy, and it negatively impacts their social and emotional development. The second way that we try to control our kids is through psychological control. And this one is more dark and is extremely manipulative. This is when parents use tactics to try to control or pressure their kids into compliance. This happens when parents try to manipulate their kids' behavior by using their emotions against them and by playing mind games, really. This can be done in many different ways, such as inducing guilt or trying to make them feel guilty about things by asserting your authority and trying to make them feel like you're always right because you're the adult and you're the parent. This can be done by withdrawing your love and affection, by shaming them, by gaslighting them, by trying to invalidate their feelings, or by using emotional blackmail, which is really just another form of guilt tripping. Emotional blackmail is when we know how to affect our children emotionally and we use that to try to achieve some type of control or some type of desired behavior from them. This is when you convince them that if they don't comply with what you want, then some extremely terrible thing will happen. I'm sure we have all had or seen someone need to borrow money where the person they asked was the only one that could help. They were the only person that they could go to and ask. And if they didn't get it from them, then they would be homeless or they would lose their car, which caused them to lose their job or some other extreme. This is emotional blackmail. All of this really is just psychological abuse. And I don't think I need to keep going for you to get the point. And hopefully we all see how these things are wrong. And this approach to parenting is just trash. So the third way that we try to control our kids is through overparenting. And this is a less commonly discussed method of parental control because honestly, most parents don't do it intentionally. This is less evil when compared to psychological abuse, but it can still be very damaging as it relates to a child's social and emotional development. This is when we're too involved in everything that our kids do. Usually it's to protect them from a difficult situation or trying to help them to be successful in something. Usually this approach to parenting involves a lack of age-appropriate expectations or a lack of age-appropriate responsibilities. This type of parent helps their child with everything. They do everything for them, even things that they can do themselves. They allow their kids to quit or to give up when things are challenging and they're always right there to pick their child up whenever they fall, even if they don't need help. These parents are commonly referred to as helicopter parents. They're more likely to have power struggles with their kids because they micromanage and their kids feel so out of control. 
they constantly find things to worry about as it relates to the child and they refuse to let them fail or to let them struggle. In extreme cases, these are the parents that might do a lot of love bombing to try to balance their extremely controlling ways. They may try to dictate every aspect of their child's lives, but then try to usually subconsciously balance it out by being overly affectionate or by buying gifts or providing fun experiences to try to get back on their child's good side and make them forget how little control and how little input they really have in their own lives. Overparenting usually comes from a place of good intentions, but it never produces good results. This reminds me of a story that I heard about a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. I'm not sure who actually told me this story. I believe it was my mom or my best friend, but the story was just so profound and I never forgot it. So basically the story goes that there's a butterfly who had a caterpillar and the caterpillar went ahead and made its cocoon, went into the cocoon, and we all know the transformation process that is set to happen while a caterpillar is in its cocoon. So it's transforming and it is preparing to emerge as a butterfly. So one day the mother butterfly noticed that her baby butterfly was beginning to crack through the cocoon, but she could tell that the butterfly was struggling to break through. So she went ahead and helped the butterfly. So she pulled back the cocoon and allowed the butterfly to get out without having to struggle to try to break it open. But once it was out, there was a problem. She noticed that the butterfly couldn't fly. And she was just so perplexed because who has ever seen a butterfly that can't fly? And what happened was that in that process of transformation in the cocoon, the final step is the butterfly being able to strengthen its wings and prepare to fly by breaking through the cocoon. So that process of challenge and struggle was actually meant to provide the butterfly with the tools and the strength that was needed to be able to fly. So since the mother butterfly deprived the baby of that experience, the butterfly wasn't strong enough to fly on its own. We can't control our kids and we can't save them from hard times or from negative experiences. We just have to be there to support them through it all. Every time that we save them, instead of just guiding and supporting them, we deprive them of the opportunity to grow and strengthen their wings. So while some level of control is necessary, it should not be misused or overused. It really should not be very common at all in our day-to-day parenting. Control is not an effective method long-term because it runs out. Your kids will eventually get to an age where you can no longer control them. You no longer have control over where they go, who they hang out with, what they wear, or what they do in general. This is when we need to be able to influence them. Having influence as a parent means that you have the power to have an effect on your kid's character 
on their development and on their behavior. Having influence means that your opinions, your feelings, and your desires actually have an impact on their behavior and on their decisions. This is super important, especially as they move out of the ages where we have some level of control. However, it's important for us to know that we don't just automatically have the ability to influence our kids simply because we're their parents, especially as they get older. We have to intentionally foster and cultivate the type of relationship that will yield us the ability to influence our children. Don't get me wrong, we influence them either way, but the influence that I'm referring to is positive and intentional. Our kids are watching everything we do and they're learning. They will either mimic us, try to be as different from us as possible, or they'll do a combination by taking some things and leaving others. So we always influence them. But this is another reason for why it's so important for us to be intentional in our parenting. We have to move in a way that is very well thought out and is not controlling or domineering, but that will get us to our desired outcomes. We can gain the respect of our children and begin to develop pure and unforced influence on them literally from day one. In the early days, this looks like responding to all of their needs and showing them that they can trust us. This means feeding them when they're hungry, changing them as often as necessary, giving them attention, showing them affection, and having lots of cuddle and skin-to-skin time. Don't leave them to cry it out as a method of sleep training. Don't refuse to hold them when they want to be held because you don't want to spoil them. As a side note, skin-to-skin is not only beneficial in the first few days of life, but in the first few months to a year. It's great for them and it's great for the parent-child connection with both parents. Hold them as often as possible. Do baby wearing or get a baby carrier if the issue is being able to do other things while also having them close. You cannot spoil a baby by holding and cuddling them often. You cannot spoil a child by responding to them when they cry or when they tantrum. You actually spoil them when you do the opposite. And as they get older, we have to be more intentional about curating safe spaces where we are undistracted and willing to genuinely and actively listen to them. We have to show them that we care about how they feel about our decisions and we have to hear them out when they're upset about something. We don't have to give in and change our decisions just because we listen to them and care about what they have to say or just because we understand their objections or empathize with them. That's necessary. It's also necessary for us to always act with integrity and keep our word. They will notice. Trust me. Even if they don't say anything, they notice and they remember. When they see you move with integrity, when they see that you always do the right thing, that you're not selfish, that you don't regularly put your needs above theirs, when they see that you are fair and that you're balanced, this not only results in them more likely to pick up those same characteristics, 
but it also leads to them being able to trust you and it leads to them gaining respect for you, which ultimately leads to your ability to influence them. You don't get respect and gain influence by throwing your weight around and making them comply because you're in charge and you have control. Remember the theme, control is temporary. It runs out. You eventually lose your ability to control them, if you ever could anyway. Toddlers will really test you and they'll really show you who's in control. But this phase is a necessary reminder. If you think you're in control, try to make a toddler do anything they don't want to do. Try to make them eat something that they don't like or to go to sleep when they're wide awake. You don't really have this type of control on anyone. We can't really make anyone do anything. What happens if your child says no? Yes, we can use threats, we can yell, we can spank them, we can punish them to try to get some compliance. But what happens when your baby boy is now a six foot one, 18 year old young man? Or what happens when your baby girl is actually a young lady in college in a completely different city? How do you control what they do then? You can't. You never really could, actually. You just had things that you could use as leverage to get them to comply. But as they get older, without influence, your leverage really starts getting dangerously close to that manipulative psychological control that we talked about earlier. And if you haven't developed a healthy relationship built on mutual trust and mutual respect, the honest answer is that you really can't do anything about what your child does as they get older. They can either choose to comply with what you want them to do, or they can choose to rebel. And this will depend on their temperament. It will depend on their personality type and other factors. And you'll just have to determine how to handle that in the best way possible and move forward. We have to be more future oriented than that. We have to have more vision and move using goals that are more long term than that. We have to recognize that if we disregard them as people, meaning that we don't consider their feelings, we don't consider their ideas or their opinions in our decision-making, in our rule-making, or just in our overall approach to dealing with them, then we are jeopardizing our relationship with them and our ability to have a positive impact on their decisions. You'll always be more successful by seeking cooperation than by using your ability to dominate and control, always. Even if control works and your child is compliant in their younger years, you have no idea how much they'll actually respect you or value your opinions as young adults and into adulthood until you're in the situation where you can't really impose any consequences on them and you just have to wait and see what happens and how they respond. And then at this point, it's too late to be finding out that you really have no influence because you didn't focus on fostering a relationship that was built on mutual respect. There was a time when people held on to toxic relationships with parents because that's your mama, that's your daddy. That was the cultural norm. The idea of that's still your family overtook people's ability to recognize when they were being mistreated, to recognize when they were being disrespected, undervalued, gaslit, abused. But we are quickly moving out of those times. If all you've done is parent them, 
but you haven't really gotten to know them as a person and haven't developed a genuine relationship with them as an individual outside of just the parent-child dynamic, if you haven't been a parent while also respecting them, respecting their space and respecting their boundaries, then things will be shaky at best as they become adults. Here's another thing. We can't keep talking about we're not our kids' friends. Why not? What do you think it means to be a friend? Because to me, a friend is someone that has your back. A friend is someone who is authentic and honest with you, someone that challenges you to grow, someone that makes you laugh, someone that accepts you for you, someone that has your best interest at heart and wants what's best for you, someone that's happy when you're happy and sad when you're sad, someone that will be with you through thick and thin and not abandon you when things get hard. I don't know about you, but sign me up for a friendship with my kids. Everyone knows that we as parents are the authority figure in the situation. We know that, the kids know that, everybody knows that. We just have to establish clear boundaries and enforce them consistently without being emotionally or physically abusive. It's really simple, but I also definitely understand why it's not easy. There is a process of unlearning and relearning that has to take place, and it takes so much work, and it is not easy at all. We're used to experiencing controlling parents and being controlling parents, most of us. We're used to the I said what I said parents, the because I said so parents. We're used to the I'm not explaining myself to a child parents or the children don't get privacy parents. The kids don't pay bills so they don't have any opinions parents. We're used to the disagree with me and you're being disrespectful parents. How dare you have your own opinion parents. We're used to generations of this. So change is not going to happen overnight. We have to work to undo our learned default approach to parenting while we also work around our own triggers, our own temperament and personalities, our own lack of peace, our own mental health challenges, our own traumas, our own busy schedules and tough situations and whatever else we may have going on. It is extremely tough, but they say that nothing worth doing is ever easy. Parenting effectively depends on developing a relationship with your child and remembering that they are just little people. The same way that you show respect in your other relationships is how you should respect your child. The same boundaries that you would respect in other relationships You should also respect in your relationship with your child within reason, of course, and in ways that are age appropriate. We can start by explaining every no that we give them. We already have the final authority. We already have the ability to dominate their will. The least we can do is explain when we're not giving them full autonomy. We can start by showing respect and concern for their feelings, even when we have to act against their wishes. This helps the relationship and it helps the bond. This is the foundation for building the ability to influence their behavior when we can no longer control it. 
The more unhealthy and unbalanced our relationship with our child is, the less positive influence we have on them. We have to remember that the way that we interact with them also teaches them what acceptable treatment looks like. Please don't set the bar so low that your kids get out here and start accepting any kind of treatment from people because it feels familiar. How would you want to be treated in any relationship that you're in, no matter its nature? Think about that. Then extend that to your kids in ways that are suitable for their developmental level and adjust it as they get older. The more they feel respected, the more they feel valued, the more they feel heard and considered, the more they'll open up to you, the more they'll trust you, the more they'll feel comfortable talking to you, and the more influence you naturally develop. Okay, today's show is a wrap. Please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you receive alerts each week when new episodes drop. And please, please, please leave us a five-star review. Remember that you can now send topic requests or listener questions via email to kids at dosesofmelanin.com. Lastly, please make sure you joined the KAPT. Lastly, please make sure you join the Kids Are People Too Parenting group on Facebook. As you go throughout the remainder of this week and into the next, keep the story of the caterpillar and butterfly in mind. Also, consider the perspective that the caterpillar and butterfly analogy doesn't just apply to you as the butterfly and the kids as caterpillars who are becoming. We're also caterpillars transforming into beautiful butterflies on our parenting journey. We're also in our process of becoming. We cannot just control and punish our kids into behaving and becoming successful, but we have to treat them as people and foster a relationship full of love and mutual respect so that we later are able to positively influence them when control is not even remotely an option. This is what leads to our ability to influence their decisions and their behavior long after we're able to exercise any type of control. They have to feel seen. They have to feel heard. They have to know that you respect them as individuals while you're also balancing your very challenging role as a parent, which is an authoritative role. They understand more than we think. We can be honest with them about how this works, and we can be honest and let them know that disappointing them and seeing them upset actually hurts us even more. As you continue on your positive parenting journey, give yourself grace, and most importantly, give your kids grace and the space to learn and grow. We'll talk next week. Later.